0: You're listening to Closer Look. Here's Rafael Sierra. A teen behind the wheel often comes with a host of new issues, some of them with serious consequences. Russell Hank is founder of the Teens in the Driver's Seat program and says with great driving power
1: comes great responsibility. About 15 years ago, we had a horrible wave of crashes in San Antonio, Texas, which is home base for me we lost 10 teenagers in about a six-week period. It was all over the news, and it was literally making me sick to my stomach, what was happening in our community. And I, I watched the knee-jerk reaction, which was going to be, well, we need stricter laws. You know, these were just probably stupid drunk kids. Um, and we looked at the, the crashes in detail. Alcohol was involved in any of them. And I just wanted to do something different, I, I, something um, that I thought would maybe bring a new solution to the problem. And that was fundamentally to get young people, teenagers more involved as part of the solution. You know, car crashes are the leading cause of injury and death for young people in in our country. And we knew we needed to do more. And so we weren't even quite sure if it was gonna work. Nobody had used peer to peer initiatives for traffic safety on a continual basis. The other thing we tried to do was set out to cover all of the risks uh, we knew that it just wasn't alcohol. It just wasn't seatbelts. You know, nighttime driving, fatigued driving is one that doesn't get a lot of attention, um, speeding, uh, young males in particular. We wanted to do something that was a little different. It was really peer-to-peer and helping create a safety culture and empowering and incentivizing the young people to make a difference in their community and really have each other's backs out there in the car when there's not an adult around and bad decisions get made, to be there at that decision point and do more to protect each other.
0: How does the program actually work?
1: Well, what we do, we reach out for student-based organizations, uh, student council, um, FCCLA, National Honor Society. A lot of these student-based groups, um, we have a resource kit that we provide to the student team and the school that they can leverage to do outreach, you know, during lunchtime at school, uh, putting posters, playing videos uh, during the school day, and even out at sporting events in the community. So our role is to really help them accomplish that outreach, and we have a rewards program, an awards program that is pretty extensive for both the students, and then a real key to the success of the program. Tends to be to have a really good teacher sponsor involved, and we do an awards program for our best teacher sponsors. I think our approach is fundamentally more of a carrot uh, and cameras. We we have a lot of social media. We do uh, press events, things like that, and really shine a spotlight on the young leaders that are making the program happen in their community. You know, scare tactics, things like that, don't work over the long haul, in particular. And that's been, I think, part of the innovation in in what we've done and part of why we've really seen some great results.
0: Okay, so you do work with uh, schools, uh, churches, etc.?
1: We've worked with church youth groups. We've worked with uh, scouting groups uh, through the Scouts program. Any youth that see this as uh, an issue, they agree that, wow, this is something really bad that happens in our communities, and we don't want this to happen to, to our friends and our peers, so we want to get involved. This is Closer Look.
0: I'm Rafael Sierra, And today we're talking about teen drivers and what they can do to stay safe behind the wheel. Liz Stevens is national co-chair for the Teens in the Driver's Seat program. Liz, how did you get involved in the Teens in the Driver's Seat program?
2: I am from Wyoming and Wyoming is the least safe state for teens to drive in. For every 100,000 teens who drive, 35 will be in a fatal car accident. That is 216% higher than the national average. I've had a lot of friends and family who have been in a fatal car accident. I don't want to see any more of my friends uh, become another statistic. How
0: does the program work?
2: Teens in the Driver's Seat is uh, a peer-to-peer program for teens. We work on educating our peers about the top five risks, which are distractions such as cell phones, texting, and too many teen passengers driving at night, speeding, street and street racing, low seatbelt use, and impaired driving.
0: And how do you think it's helping uh, teens stay safe? Uh, What what has the result been, do you think?
2: So there's no such thing as a car accident. It is a car crash. All crashes can be prevented with knowledge and precautions behind the wheel. Teens are, I've seen at least at my school, we're being a little more aware of our surroundings while we drive.
0: Do you see them taking part in it? Have you seen it working for them?
2: So at first, it was a little bit of a challenge for people to listen. After it gets going and rolling a little bit and we start doing more and more within the school, people really start to notice, oh, this isn't just going to stop. We got to maybe try it. I know some of my friends who didn't wear a seatbelt at all before they now put it on every day. Um, It really helps when, especially with seatbelts, that's a big issue. Among teens, we don't necessarily put them on and we don't make our passengers put them on, but that can be something that saves your life. And I'm glad to see that more of my friends are using their seatbelts and driving more carefully.
0: What about like parents? What do they have to say? Uh, Are they also a little bit hesitant to find out what their teen's driving habits are and having them listen to, for example, putting on their seatbelts?
2: Yeah, it is difficult for probably any adult to take advice from a teenager but for sure they were hesitant at first and slowly they're listening more and making more changes.
0: So you see parents actually um, listening to you more and actually uh, helping their teens out more when it comes to safer driving?
2: Yeah. And like I said, it, it took a while, but we're getting there.
0: Liz, on a personal level, how do you think the program has changed your life?
2: So I am still a pretty new driver. Knowing these risks, I am very cautious, especially with like driving at night and I don't speed, I always wear my seatbelt. I try to keep my distractions away and at bay, Uh, even eating food, I try not to if I don't have to. I have seen the effects of car crashes on families and friends and this has really become a big part of my life because I can now realize and help other people
0: what do you think is the main issue here when it comes to teen unsafe
2: driving? Uh, we think we're invincible. We think we won't get in a car accident. That's not going to happen to us. So we pick up our cell phone. We drink that latte. We put on our makeup. But the reality of it is that makes our crash chances go up so much. And you don't need to text while you're driving. You don't need to put on your makeup or eat some food. Pull over if you need to. And it isn't just teens. Adults are doing it too. And so I think when I see the different risks, distracted driving is the one I see the most.
0: I mean, we think uh, when people get in trouble behind the wheel, it's usually because of alcohol use or drug use or not putting their seatbelts on, but distracted driving.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, I don't think texting a friend is more important than my life. So we need to constantly make sure That we check ourselves when we think, oh, I got a text. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to read it right now. I can wait. Uh, It can always wait.
0: What about driving your friends around? Um, I'm sure you see that a lot, a lot of this happening, but it it can also be a problem.
2: For sure, for sure. Like, we all have friends, right? The ones that get in the car and it's a party. The music goes up. We start talking and laughing. And then the driver has to brake hard because all of a sudden there was a stop sign you didn't see our friends are dangerous, whether you realize it or not. They can distract us from what we're doing. You know, it's great to have fun, but in the car, it is the wrong time to be messing around and goofing off.
0: And let me ask you this. I'm sure you've been in a car uh, where either where you're driving or your friends are driving. How do you address this issue personally?
2: So if I'm driving and somebody's trying to show me a picture on their phone or poking me, nudging me, trying to Uh, really distract me, Um, I'll just be like, hey, calm down. I'm trying to drive, you know. Uh, I will have conversations with my friends, but I try to keep my focus on the road and away from distractions.
0: So what would you say is the responsible way to drive your friends around?
2: So if you're the driver, get in the car with your friends, say, hey, buckle up, please. And if they don't, kick them out. Next, (laughs) you got to make sure... They aren't distracting you. They aren't pumping the loud music. They aren't poking, nudging you. They aren't trying to show you stuff on their phone. If they do try to say, hey, can you just wait until later or wait until we get there? Um, or if it's urgent, do you need me to pull over? It's good to just say it in a respectful manner because you don't want your friends to be mad at you while you're stuck in a car.
0: This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra, and today we're talking about teens in the driver's seat And what young drivers can start doing today to stay safe. Russell, what do you think are the best solutions to help teens stay safe while driving? First of all, is there a real need to consider raising the driver's age? We've heard a lot about that.
1: I I think there's no question that if we were able to raise the the lower limit of, of age that we would probably see some positive results. You know, from the science side, what we know is that the human brain is not fully developed until the age of 25. Uh, particularly the prefrontal cortex is the last part of the brain to develop. And that's where our executive decision-making takes place. If we were able to, as an example, raise it to 18, it's, they're that much further along um, to their, literally their physical development and, and ability to make good decisions. It's just, but in our culture, and, and I think it's part of the just crazy lives we live in the United States, everybody's in a rush a lot of people are, you know, working as hard as they can. A lot of parents are, you know, both working maybe multiple jobs even. And the parents are just as anxious for the young people to start driving as, you know, the teens themselves sometimes. Like, oh, my goodness, I'm so tired of, you know, hauling Johnny to soccer practice or basketball practice or band, whatever it is. So there's a a push, I think, from, again, at that family unit level a lot of times for that young person to start driving and In the big picture, it's not helpful. I know my daughter is an example. She said, Dad, I'm just not ready. I want to wait. I was like, that's perfectly fine. We'll wait. We'll keep practicing. We'll keep helping you learn. But if you're not ready, you know, there's no need for you to get behind the wheel right now. Should parents
0: get those devices like the smartphone apps for their cars? There are a lot of products out there
1: that, you know, could lock the phone. Um, A lot of the actual. Phone providers, you know, AT&T, the server, from the service side, AT&T, um, Samsung, they're coming up with new features where the phone can be locked when the vehicle is in motion. Um, we actually have a smartphone app as a part of the program. It's one of the newer features. We've had it for about a year and a half. I think if the phone is locked up and the parent and the teens are in agreement, I, I think it can save lives.
0: Uh, what about Driver Z? Do driving schools really make a difference in preventing car crashes and loss of life?
1: You know, my, my gut tells me yes. Part of the solution that driver's education touches on but can't replace is the actual experience behind the wheel. What impacts their performance more than anything is the hours logged out there on the road behind the wheel. Again, I mentioned you know, earlier that if we can get them through that first 12 months, um, safely we've we 've done a lot, and it, when it comes down to driving practice, if we can help them get about fifty hours minimum behind the wheel under safe conditions we 've also helped them a lot.
0: What would you tell parents and teens to convince them to learn more about safe driving
1: well my my advice to you know parents and and young drivers that are either just starting or thinking about driving is realize recognize that this is a critical issue. It literally uh, is the difference between life and death for a lot of people. And it's worth taking the time to talk about this, to become more aware and practice, practice, practice. Russell, do you have a website you can give us? Yes, sir, we do. It's t-driver.com. And my email address is r-henk at tamu.edu.
0: Liz, what do you think would be the best thing a parent can do to help their kids or their teens uh, stay safe while driving?
2: It starts young and it starts early. As soon as that teen gets their learner's permit or even the first time they get behind the wheel, their parents need to have a discussion with them saying, this is what you do not do behind the wheel. Uh, You always need to buckle up. You should never use your cell phone. You always have to go the speed limit, stuff like that can really make an impact if it's done early enough. And also, I think their parents could also possibly put in place some consequences if rules like that are broken. Having a car taken away for a week and not being able to go anywhere is sometimes pretty cruel in a teen's mind, and uh, that can sometimes stick a little bit more than just having a conversation.
0: So it's better to get scolded a little bit for for unsafe driving than getting in a car wreck.
2: For sure. There there's nothing that's worth life or limb. You know, use this like if your friends are driving recklessly, but you can speak up because, you know, an angry friend, an angry child is better than a dead one.
0: Amen. My special thanks to Russell Hank, founder of Teens in the Driver's Seat. And to Liz Stevens, National Co-Chair for Teens in the Driver's Seat, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. For Closer Look, I'm Rafael Sierra.
1: This has been K-Love Closer Look. Find us online at KLove.com.